How are you? Are you out there? I'm Mayor Watt, and that is Omtown. Omtown is a news aggregation site. You can go to omtown.com, become a citizen. What do you think of it? Go check it out. Come on back. Talk with me. Tell me what you like, what you don't like. Do you dig the show? Do you like to vote? Do you want to hang out? Go over to twitch.tv. <laughs> I just messed that up. Twitch.tv slash hometown. And uh, stick around. Hang out. Let me know. What do you think? Today is October 18th, 2022, and I'm going to go through about 12 articles real quick. Uh, probably won't be uh, vamping too much and, and, and kind of soapboxing. Uh, Kai Lone Wolf is the latest to uh, follow me here on Twitch. Thank you very much for following me. Appreciate it. I'm kind of out of the dark. I, I didn't even, I wasn't streaming at the time. Uh, which is awesome. So I'm glad you found me and I hope to see you around. I know that not everybody can meet me. Uh, I meet at 6 p.m. Eastern every day right here on Twitch. Come on by and hang out. Otherwise, there's the podcast, their YouTube channel, the VOD here on uh, Twitch, except on Twitch. After about 60 days, it drops off. Sorry, I had to look up at my light. Anyway, um, Let's get into today's news. The very first article is a 25-year-old built a tiny hotel in Texas that generated $500,000 in bookings this year. Check out the $3.1 million property. This is over at Business Insider. They always have these great picture show kind of a things. Kira Fields is the author of this. And Isaac French is the, I guess, creator of uh, one of the... Not one of it's seven tiny house cabins at Lakeside South. 25 year old built this. 25. 25 year old bookkeeper and contractor co owns and operates. Oh, co owns and operates. Huh. Is there more context to this? Is there always? more context to this probably before getting into short-term rentals french ran a cloud-based accounting business in waco but around late 2020 he told insider he was itching to take advantage of the hot real estate market in the area waco is within two hours driving distance of austin fort worth and dallas quote i'd had these ideas sort of brewing to create this modern Scandinavian housing concept in Texas. Said while he'd uh, always had an entrepreneurial spirit working in his father's construction business, as he, he uh, grew up, gave him the experience he needed to execute his idea. Yes, I'm sure. So French turned a five acre empty plot in Waco into a luxury tiny hotel in nine months used $130,000 of his own savings to purchase the land. At the time, he projected the construction costs of the tiny hotel would come to around 1.6 million. French's father, two brothers, and father-in-law joined in as minority partners so he could secure a construction loan worth 80% of the appraised cost of the build. 
Yes, yet he is the one. All right, anyway, there's always context, folks, and I just never buy into this singular whatever. I got into a discussion today because I'm I'm struggling. After years and years of being in various facets of business and talking to people and teaching people entrepreneurship and technology and all kinds of things, I, I've come to the conclusion that um, recently I had been talking to other people about this, that you just are always, there's always a layer of onion you peel back and eventually you find the truth. And the truth is hardly the marketing BS that is thrown around. Uh, you name a company that supposedly is named, or I should say created under the the hardworking effort of this person or that person, and you find out after you peel back layers that kind of like meeting your heroes, you never want to meet your hero, heroes, and you never want to peel back the layers of marketing BS that makes you infatuated by somebody because you will un undoubtedly find the truth is a whole lot darker. At any rate, that's what this really amounts to. <clears throat> it was not a 25 year old who built a tiny hotel because no tw 25 year old would have the chops to do it. There was a whole bunch of other stuff going on, like five other backers and um, the connections from the family that have the ability to create this. It's basically amounts to, Hey, I want to do this. And a whole bunch of people just piled on saying, okay, here's a shit ton of uh, material that we can provide for you. Go for it. Um, we can do all of the work. You can just point and say there, there, there. And suddenly you've got a $3.1 million property. I'm going to move on to the next article. But before I do that, you out there citizens of hometown can go to uh, exclamation point showbot so if you type in exclamation point showbot you can go to hometown.tv sorry hometown.showbot.tv and vote for articles that we talk about here on the show every 24 hours the vote persists you can vote them up um, you can actually submit your own if you hit exclamation point s and then whatever you want that will get thrown into the showbot. I'll delete stuff that is junk. Um, depending on the level of junk, I might even ban you. So <laughs> uh, let's not get to that point. The rules are be civil. Um, and you can vote which articles you think are more interesting or, or something that you might want to talk about more of. And I will do that. I will um, find articles that... Uh, on certain times, certain days, if it is in there, I will pull another article that kind of aligns with uh, what we are interested in talking about. And that's why Omtown even exists, because I'm interested in all of these topics. And so I built a site that facilitated what I was interested in and what I use in my daily life. So if you dig Omtown, go and check out omtown.com. Otherwise, come and hang out with me here. Uh, but I'll, let's move on to the next article. Um, this is kind of sad. Uh, climate change is starting to impact cranberries. I don't know if you've ever seen cranberry bogs. Well, they float the cranberries and beat the hell out of the cranberries that are under the water so that they float to the top and then they shuttle them all into a corner and then pull them out with 
either suction or uh, kind of like a little uh, escalator and they just push them onto the escalator. It's pretty neat. Anyway, cranberry farmers fight climate change to protect Thanksgiving staple. American farmers growing cranberries, a quintessential component of Thanksgiving feasts, have had to adapt their traditional methods to fight effects of climate change. So what are they doing nowadays? Oh, they have a cool picture of a cranberry bog and a farmer um, pulling one of the little separator things. They basically fence some of the cranberries in. Um, Joe Prezioso and, with Nicholas Revice, I guess, wrote this article for fizz.org. And it says here, the tart red berries boiled with a heaping dose of sugar uh, to make classic cranberry sauce. Sewas uh, thrive only in the right environment, but climate change threatens to make conditions more unpredictable and extreme. After a terrible 2021 season, Massachusetts farmer Billy McCaffrey is ecstatic for a bumper crop this year. Quote, phenomenal, unbelievable, the 70-year-old former teacher says, surrounded up to his waist by a sea of floating berries. I've always wanted to go and do it, but I've never managed to. Um... His cranberry farm south of Boston is one of hundreds in the northeastern U.S. state of Massachusetts, the second largest producer after Midwestern Wisconsin. Every year is up and down. I just hope we can keep it and get paid, says McCaffrey, worrying that an unexpected hailstorm could still cause disaster for him and his wife, Mary. Yeah, can you imagine your crop just being pelted like crazy? Well, there's Billy McCaffrey, who's 70 years old and says a prolonged drought burned out a section of his, what is it, Tauntaun? Tauntaun? I don't think that's a Tauntaun, not like Star Wars Tauntaun, because then it would be like this ginormous cranberry and he can cut it open and sleep inside it. Sorry, if you're not a Star Wars fan. Anyway... So yeah, environmental changes are coming and they're impacting cranberry harvest and countless other harvests. You just never know which way the wind is blowing. And even when you kind of have a, you might think that it's secure, that you're going to be okay. Suddenly the weather can shift in some Arctic blast or some uh, equatorial upheaval of heat kind of burns out or freezes or some combination there of your entire crop. Um, so it's one of the reasons why I'm kind of hype on vertical farming inside warehouses. You can control the environment more. It's 100% or near 100% um, safe for the crop. Like you can you can get all of the crop. None of it goes bad. All of it is uh, uh, observed uh, regularly. And you don't have to use so many chemicals and other stuff. But you don't yield as much. So you have to have a lot of vertical farms within a city or a town or whatever. You're just never going to get that many cranberries from a vertical farm, not to mention the power and all kinds of other stuff. But there's ways we can adapt. We can evolve. We can make it better. Um, but let's move on to the next article. Uh, this next article is, I think, completely outlandish, but you know, I've heard more outlandish things in my life than this, but I still don't think 
Apple is going to launch a foldable iPad rather than an iPhone in 2024. Uh, I don't think they're going to launch an iPhone in 2024, but I also don't think that they're going to launch a foldable iPad. CCS Insights said Apple will launch a foldable iPad before a folding iPhone, bucking the trend of electronics companies launching folding screen smartphones. You know, no, I just don't ever see this happening. Apple does not want to fold anything. Uh, does anybody have any evidence of Apple wanting to fold anything? If anything, if they're going to do anything in 2024, they're going to launch AR glasses. So Apple is likely to launch an iPad with a folding screen in 2024, says analyst firm CCS Insight on Tuesday. CCS Insight said a foldable iPad would likely come before a folding iPhone bucking the trend. And analyst firm also predicts that Apple is likely to integrate its own 5G modem into a series or an A series of processor for a single chip solution for iPhones in 2025. That might be true, but I don't think that they'd even worry about it being a whole new phone. They would probably just integrate it because it will increase the margin for their current or whatever process is in place now. It will increase the margin um, because there's no more additional licensing and other stuff gumming up the works for their profitability. And Apple is really about keeping that 30 to 35% margin for all of their products. Um, so before I get too far into this, uh, Arjun Karpal is the author of this over at CNBC.com. And um, let's see if it says here in the latest report, CCS Insight predicted Apple uh, would launch a foldable iPad in two years time rather than start a foldable iPhone. Yeah, we're so close to 2024 i just don't see it. plus i don't see apple ever doing that i mean do you um, look how thick that that device would have to be they're not interested in this i really doubt it um plus every single folding device that i have ever seen ultimately has a crease down the center and apple will never impact never impact that element they want that screen perfect and uh, I don't see them ever folding a screen. Then again, who knows? The analyst said the foldable iPhone would likely need to cost around $2,500. The iPhone 14 Pro Max with the largest storage, which is the most expensive model currently, costs around $1,600. I round up a buck. At any rate, yeah, the chip will probably be something that or I should say the modem, which I've heard rumors about for a while now, um, is probably the only thing that I could see happening um, by 2025. Yeah, sure. I mean, they're so reluctant to even upgrade to USB-C in the iPhone. Not even this latest edition is USB-C. They're kind of kind of really trying to become edgy with their news announcements. The next article, and I just kind of shuffle along through all of them. This is a Cadillac. It says out rolls, but I don't know what that really, maybe they're trying to be funny with the Rolls Royce name, but out rolls Rolls Royce with the $300,000 Celestique electric sedan, the low volume, ultra luxury Celestique 
is the second EV in Cadillac's lineup and features a host of 3D printed parts for extensive customization. 3D parts. So this is a $300,000 man. And the verge just has this really interesting layout for their site. Now I keep kind of getting overwhelmed by it. Um, I don't know if this person's name is Emmy or Emma or, or M, uh, hall is the last name. Uh, it's in their transportation section at theverge.com. Three months ago, Cadillac revealed a show car version of their Celestique which is kind of makes me think of derelict brand clothing, um, except that this is a $300,000 car. Um, the brand's luxury, ultra luxury, battery powered sedan. Today, the author got to spend time with the production model in Yowza. This is a damn fine looking automobile with a sky high price tag to boot. Yes. At the moment you say something's EV, suddenly you can tack on a zero, it seems. Uh, offering customization that is beyond the scope of uber luxury brands like Bentley and even Rolls-Royce. As with other hand-built vehicles, customers can opt for custom paint, leather, and wheel colors. So why did they go with this? It's just a giant sled. Um, it, it's interesting, but it looks like it's a station wagon with uh, you know prettier prettier lines than a station wagon. Let's see here. Wow, 111 kilowatt hour uh, Ultium battery stores enough electrons for an estimated 300 miles of range in the Celestique uh, or Celestic. I don't know how to pronounce it. Maybe it, it's it's sexier if I say Celestique um, than Celestic. I mean, I guess that's kind of the McDonald's pronunciation of it. Celestic can accept a charge of up to 200 kilowatts provided you can find a high-speed charger pumping out that much juice. You'll get 78 miles of range in just 10 minutes. Owners will have access to Ultium Charge 360, a collaboration of over 110,000 public charging stations in the United States and Canada. Probably most of them are going to be in California. Um, so uh, when I was looking into electric cars, um, I wanted to do a supercharger. And uh, for them to do a supercharger in my location, it would have required a 10 foot by 10 foot concrete pad um, and then an 8 by 8 by 8 cube of a transformer to pump enough power into that box to feed the supercharger in my garage. Needless to say, that didn't happen. Um, they said something around $80,000 would have been conservative about the estimate price um, maybe they were they threw that number at me simply to make me back away and stop calling them anyway glass roof panel allows for four distinct zones of lighting entering through the roof it's pretty amazing folks this car is big and blue or purplish blue Tron-like aesthetic that fits with a sophisticated luxury of the interior. Man, you just need a 20-foot car-wide garage just to park this thing. And I guess if you have $300,000 to spend on this car, you're not worried about it fitting inside the garage. Let's move on to the next article. So this next article... 
is in the Warcrafters channel, um, probably because it comes from PC Gamer, but Herman Miller and Logitech just dropped a $1,000 gaming chair. As the author states, everybody quick, hold on to your butts. Logitech G, I don't even know why they say Logitech G, just say Logitech for crying out loud, and Herman Miller, Herman Miller. I've just announced another gaming chair in the brand's collective effort to cradle our carcasses or our butts while we get our game our PC gaming on. And this one is a little more affordable in a way, at least when it comes to incredibly premium gaming thrones. Back in 2021, they reviewed the Herman Miller X Logitech gaming chair, the Embody. It was 1500 bucks, but equally in the same tradition, somehow felt worth it. New. I have a Herman Miller chair. I don't think it's worth it. I sometimes I say things and I go, you know what? I'm probably never going to get sponsored because of the things that I say. Um, thanks to Embody success, the brand's collaboration is about to deliver a new seat with more affordability and customization in mind, dubbed the Vantum Gaming Chair. It it's constructed with a proprietary suspension backrest, a glass-filled nylon skeleton. That's what I need. Uh, with foam back uh, headrests and cushions covered with post-consumer recycled polyester. Nice. The Vantum currently comes in three color options, an all black, black and white, or black and red, and none of them look anything like something you might find in a race car or a funeral parlor. I'd click that link, but yeah. Uh, anyway, that's what it looks like. Hope Corrigan is the author of this. It's very futuristic looking and kind of has its own spine uh, right down the, the center of your back. And um, let's see if there's something else here. Pretty much all gaming chairs that I've ever seen always look the same. This one, not so much. Huh. It has like a skeleton frame, just like all Herman Miller chairs. Um, but then it has uh, what seems to be more padding um, and, and kind of support that is very specific. Right between your shoulder blades, if you were to rest your head, you could rest your head on a, a headrest itself. But then there's a little brace right between your shoulder blades and then your lower back is supported as well. It's kind of interesting. Um, and at a thousand bucks, it actually is a pretty inexpensive Herman Miller chair, unless you're buying one that is, um, kind of a recycled chair, uh, which you can get. There's a company called Madison. I think it is that, um, recycles Herman Miller chairs quite often. Um, I'm just going to move on through the news and, uh, if there is something that you see or something you want me to talk about, feel free to throw a comment in chat and let me know. Uh, if you're just lurking and you're happy to lurk, I'm happy to have you here. Thanks. This is something that I've been watching for a while. Um, I know a lot of people who have always been fascinated with Carvana. Well, I hate to break it to you, um, but they're breaking down much like a used car um, after years and years of abuse the car has just finally broken down carvana never really uh, was abused as far as i know but carvana downgraded by wedbush 
with shares down 90% this year and the business model sputtering. The company's business decisions only strengthen hits to its bottom line from sliding demand. Well, and the supply chain just isn't there anymore. Ah, oh, not this again. Sorry, I'm not sure why this is actually happening, um, but I won't be able to talk about this article. Um, yeah, my account didn't pull it up, so and it's too much of a pain in the butt to fix this. But now you know at least if you are investing in Carvana, their shares are down quite a bit, and people are talking about it imploding. So uh, I can circle back around if you're interested in that once I get the account all all situated. Um, at any rate, let's move on. The next article is Facebook parent Meta admits defeat the feet after $400 million Giphy deal blocked by UK regulators. Um, hometown actually has, Oh, I just realized that there's a, there's a glitch in hometown. Um, at any rate, Facebook parent Meta admits defeat after $400 million Giphy deal blocked by UK. Meta, the owner of Facebook, which really it was Facebook, the owner of Meta, became Meta, the owner of Facebook, has been reordered by UK competition regulators to sell its animated GIF unit, Giphy, after losing an appeal um, against the decision yesterday. Well, <clears throat> this is quite a blow I'd say, but I really don't like Facebook just buying up everything that it wants to. It, to me, that is what's anti-competitive. You know, some mega corporation just acquires a mass of money and then it starts buying everything um, simply to gain a competitive advantage against everybody else. And they literally buy everything they see. Oh, you want to get into VR, well, instead of investing in VR, they literally buy the company. And once they buy the company, the people who started up the company, VR, for instance, they have to either uh, sign a document non-competing if they are going to leave, that's pretty typical, um, or they stay. And if they stay, then they're not competing in any way. So. You know, there's good money in it. Maybe they stick to uh, ownership as well and, and have a bunch of shares. But I think mergers and acquisitions really are anti-competitive because whoever gets the most money buys out all of the competition. And um, I don't think I don't like it as a consumer. And, um, you know, I, again, today I had a conversation on par with this. Um, and it uh, amounted to me being called uh, basically a complainer because I'm not the one that is doing it. But that's not really it. I think that mergers and acquisitions and aqua hires and all of that kind of stuff amount to nothing but eliminating the competition. Yet we always do this uh, anti-competitive argument. Well, Giphy should be out on its own and, and doing its own thing. And if they want to sell, then they can sell, but sell, you know, full on sell. And that's, oh, that's interesting. That's exactly what they say here. 
Citing the risk of a substantial lessening of competition in social media and display advertising, the UK's Competition and Markets Authority said Meta must sell Giphy in its entirety to a suitable buyer. And, and they can sit there and sell it, right? And then Giphy can actually sell itself. Um, just sell it to somebody else, not, not to Meta. But, you know, a lot of people will and have said to me, you know, well, why are they the arbiter of where I can sell? Because the consumer base is always the one that suffers from it. Whenever there's a merger or acquisition, the customer, pretty much all of society outside of the owners of the business suffer. In a statement, Meta said it was disappointed by the CMA's decision, but accept today's ruling as the final word on the matter. It's the first time a global regulator has unwound a completed deal by a big tech company. Well, they just can't do business in the UK, right? That's all. So let's see. And I, you know, whenever I talk about this kind of stuff, I just want it to be known that I am a capitalist. I completely believe in the, in, in enterprise, in the capitalist enterprise, but you should, you should be competing for customers, not just buying a company so you can corner the market. Um, there's more here, I suppose. GIFs have fallen out of fashion as a content form with uh, younger users in particular describing GIFs as for boomers and cringe. The company said in a filing, Giphy has seen a decline in the number of GIF uploads in the past two years. It added, yeah, it's kind of imploding. Um, although you'll find it pretty popular on Twitch, that's for sure. Not the same kind of thing as Giphy's, but... Um, you know, icons, emoticons. Um, I think uh, for us over on Twitch, it's called emotes, but they're basically the same thing. Let's move on to the next article. This next article is Stability AI. And we've been talking about this lately quite a bit because I'm going to be spinning up um, Reality Hacker, which is a, a VR and deep fake AI, machine learning, um, copyright, trademark, patent, that kind of stuff, intellectual property type of discussion, but more so focused on um, deep fake and VR, AR, XR. Stability AI, the company behind popular text to image AI program, Stable Diffusion, has raised new funding that values the company at around $1 billion. And it becomes sexier the more people sit there and argue about AI art farming. Um, when I can sit there and run a bunch of scripts that throw a bunch of words around and it turns out and just pumps out image after image after image and people dig it, uh, I will argue with anybody about what is and isn't art. Now, now, a lot of people will sit there and say, well, it's not art because it's blah, blah, blah. Um, no, art is in the eye of the beholder. I can take one of these AI images and use a printer to print these things out with brush strokes. And you would 
be able to touch it and you would swear that it is painted. Um, and if I didn't tell you that it was created by, by an AI, you wouldn't know the difference. And frankly, it doesn't matter if it was created by an artist or an AI. The AI didn't do it on its own. It was, well, painted a picture in text and it created it based off of what I described. And maybe what I input into the system, depending on the AI. So it's art, plain and simple. The problem is we're going to get to the point where we have to litigate the validity of a copyright. Right now, automatically generated art is not something that can be copyrighted. Um, But I'm waiting for some lawsuits to come down the line. We shall see. Um, Just like NFTs, the art in NFTs, if it is bulk created, there's no copyright. Sorry about that. You'll have to take it to court. Stability AI raised, uh, said it raised 101 million in a round by Co2. I don't know. Lightspeed Venture Partners and O'Shaughnessy Ventures. So it will probably expand. Um, the upstart startup has differentiated itself from incumbents like Google and OpenAI by letting anyone use and build its uh, model build on its model with little oversight. Investors say open source approach is a winner. James Vincent over at The Verge is the author of this and some of the work that comes out of these uh, AI image generators is just fantastic. Um, One recently won an art contest but pissed everybody off because it was created by AI. Um, But they had notified everybody uh, before the submission that it was coming. So everybody tough. Um, there, there is, some, oh man, I, this site always drives me nuts. Cause as I scroll to the bottom of the article, it snaps 10,000 pages more of content that has no relevancy to the material that I'm looking at, but thanks verge. Dig the article. Uh, just not the bottom half of this interface. I mean, look, this is all from the articles, um, footer, but this is the article. It's just a little bit article. Anyway, um, I, I said it yesterday. I'll probably end up saying it over the weeks and and years, hopefully that I do this. Um, if I can take whatever it is you do and put it into a series of steps, you are an algorithm. And if you are an algorithm punting, punching out the same stuff day after day, you can be turned into a bot. And if you can be turned into a bot, it make, makes more economic sense for me to spend a hundred thousand dollars and replace you with a mechanical bot than it is to pay you a hundred thousand dollars to punch out fewer parts or fewer, whatever from artwork to writing to music to whatever um, because you can get mad at me as the business owner because you know I'm not paying you enough or we had a really horrible discussion about your weekend whatever but a bot it's not going to complain stability AI it's not going to sit there and have a problem with my political aspirations or your perspective on capitalism and you know, it'll, it'll just keep on doing its thing day in, day out, evolving faster than the human being. 
um, and I don't have to pay its healthcare. So this is this is what's coming, and uh, I I tell people all the time to be aware of it uh, because if again if you are making money as an employee for an owner of a business and they will paint you out of the picture as soon as there is enough money in economic sense to replace you with automation. And um, again, I argue, and I, again, I got into this argument today. I think that when people become filthy rich, they lose their humanity. Some try to buy back their soul, but for the most part, they trend towards sociopathic <clears throat> and on the way to sociopathy, well, they do a lot of damage to society. But just look, just peel back the layers of the onion of any supposed self-created millionaire, multimillionaire. This person that was earlier in my show, 25 years old, supposedly built a $3.1 million property. When you go and look at the article, you find out that there were six other investors, all of which had ties to construction and other things. Yet this dude is the one that's getting all of the credit when it was actually a compilation. All that person did was say, hey, I found some land. Let's go do this. Right. And 25 other people built everything and millions of dollars or at, yeah at least a million dollars went into actually building the seven properties on this plot of land there's always more under the hood or peeled back from the layers of the onion just peel it back and look oh my gosh what is this peel back another layer and you know wow this is a really 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 you know crappy marketing anyway let's move on to the next article um, this one is scaring me because I actually have a pre-order <laughs> for a Pico 4. Um, it dropped today. And now it says Pico 4 shipments delayed in Europe due to high global demand. This is in the Reality Hacker channel. Um, this is the channel that I will be doing another uh, weekly show on focusing on um, basically deep fakes, audio, video, um, graphics, uh, virtual reality, augmented reality, etc. Pico released a standalone VR headset Neo 3 Link this summer, marking its first real push uh, to launch a consumer device outside of Asia. Now it's getting ready to ship the follow-up standalone Pico 4, and the company seems to be struggling to keep up with demand in some regions. So they opened up Pico 4 in late September. I ordered it about two weeks ago or so. Um, and now there's including 13 regions, uh, or sorry, including 13 European countries, Japan and Korea. Although it says that there's no um, word on whether the Pico 4 is coming to the US, I do have one ordered. The only thing that really frightens me is that it's owned by ByteDance. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, I don't like Facebook because of its monitoring. You can see how much I'm flinching now about the Pico 4 and its monitoring. I guess my firewall will probably set itself on fire. Scott Hayden over at Road to VR is the author of this article. And um, I'm not sure what else it'll say in here. It says, due to unprecedented global demand, there will unfortunately be delays in fulfilling some customer pre-orders in the EU region. We're working tire tirelessly 
to ensure that demand is satisfied by the end of October. Okay, you got 21 days. I'm really excited to have a Pico 4 uh, because that will mark when I kick off Re Reality Hacker. Um, yeah. I do have a green screen. Um, so I might actually do like VR green screen little window here. I might just stick to displaying the VR interface. Um, I, I should say the game itself that I play or the environment that I'm in when I'm doing the uh, Reality Hacker news and um, gaming. I'll be gaming uh, periodically in the uh, Reality Hacker space, uh, the, the show, once a week. But I'll probably be gaming in VR um, and streaming it to Twitch. Let's move on to the next article. Um... Ah, sorry, one second. So this next article is in the Mobile Channel. And it says here, a collaborative team discovers new natural products to be used as sources for antibiotics at unprecedented speed. Many of the drugs we utilize in modern medicine are naturally produced by microbes. Penicillin, an antibiotic derived from certain molds, um, is one of the most notable natural products due to its recognition uh, as one of the biggest advances in medicine and human health. As DNA sequencing has become cheaper and faster, scientists now have access to hundreds of thousands of microbial genomes and the natural products they produce. Yes, let's create something naturally unnatural. Shelby Lawson over at the University of Illinois in Urbana-Champaign um, wrote this for fizz.org and it says uh, many of the drugs we utilize in modern medicine are naturally produced by microbes however Doug Mitchell MMG and John and Margaret Witt professor of chemistry at University of Illinois says this pales in comparison to the number of compounds these organisms have the capacity to make using the genetic pathways they possess yes because we have long believed that there's all kinds of genetic junk well, that genetic junk, we just don't know what it does. So when we delete some segment and a frog is born without eyes, then suddenly we go, oh, it's not junk. That's fine, I suppose. But genetic material is never junk. It has a purpose of some kind in the biological process. This is just the tip of the iceberg, says Mitchell. There's a disparity in what we know today in terms of known molecules versus what nature has the capacity to produce, like 100 to 1 at least. Wow. Just want to let you know, folks, that 62.8% of all stats are made up on the spot, apparently even by professors of chemistry. Uh, one group of natural products that has become a popular source of antibiotics is called ribosom ribosomally synthesized and post-translational man i'm gonna mess this up i knew it and post-transition i i i quit i'm just gonna shut this all down and go take some vacation now um nope marijuana you can do it do it post-translational post-translationally modified peptides or simply rips bury the lead there folks traditional methods for accessing 
Um, rips are slow and involve taking genes one by one and putting them into a model organism like E. coli to see what compound it produces. Wonderful. Well, apparently they're going to be able to just pump out all kinds of wacky stuff. Uh, one of them will probably be COVID-2028. Just kidding. I, I don't know what is actually going to come of this, but you know, you got to publish or perish in academia and boy, did they publish one. All three co-first authors described how their education, research and job prospects have benefited greatly from their time at the IGB, highlighting that it is both the people and the technology together that make IGB a great place to conduct research. Quote, the collaborative atmosphere that the IGB offers in diversity and growth, both in terms of science and social life, is really remarkable, said Ayikapo, I guess. Ayikapo? That's how they pronounce their name? I'm not sure. You'll have to let me know if I'm pronouncing it incorrectly. Let's move on to the last article of today. It is Firefox version 106 adds uh, PDF editing and lower CPU usage on the Mac. I don't know if PDF editing is added to the one on the Mac or if it's on both and lower CPU happens to lower CPU on the Mac. Mozilla has released Firefox version 106 to the public, adding the ability to edit PDFs directly within the browser. That's neat. <clears throat> I'd like to be able to sign them on a desktop, but uh, I have yet to see that in browser. You usually have to log into some interface and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, um, Firefox uh, continues to add privacy and customization features for users. It also includes text recognition, new wallpapers, and um, feature called Firefox View. Uh, this is over at Apple Insider uh, by Andrew Orr. And uh, let's see, for Firefox, sorry, so for macOS Catalina 10.15 and later, a text recognition feature lets the browser extract text from a selected image, such as a meme or a screenshot. The extracted text is copied to the clipboard to share, store, or search without needing to retype everything. Neat! Um, do that on my iPad. Uh, another feature of Firefox View helps people get back to their previously discovered content. It lets users find and open recently closed tabs on their current device, access tabs from other devices, and change the browser's look with colorways. Uh, probably you have to log into an account to do all of that kind of stuff, but I can't confirm that right now. Um, let's see what else bunch of security fixes web platform it says an upgrade to firefox's webrtc capabilities brings multiple improvements such as better screen sharing lower cpu usage and increased frame rates during webrtc screen capture on mac os and more well neat onward and upward folks let's keep improving everything that we have to use to consume remember Microsoft Edge's only function is to download Firefox or Chrome. I'll see you tomorrow, 6 p.m. Bye-bye.